Hey guys, welcome to episode 125 of Motherhood in Hollywood. Today, my guests are the two founders of Moms in Film, and I'm so happy that we connected and found each other because you guys are going to love everything they're doing. So here we go. Come on, Mama. Grab your popcorn and goobers. It's time for Motherhood in Hollywood with your host, Heather Brooker. This is a crude prude's perspective on being a full-time mom in showbiz. She's not a perfect mom, but she can play one on TV. Hold on to your butts. Here's Heather. Hey, everyone. I hope you're having a wonderful week so far. I am super excited because I've got the creators and founders of Moms in Film on the show today. They are advocates for parents in the entertainment industry and gender equality, and they're going to talk about that, how they are actively trying to create space um, and work with insiders in the entertainment industry to create more room and um, be more accommodating to uh, moms and dads in the entertainment industry. So yay, we definitely need a lot more of that for sure. And um, so what's up? How are you? We're almost, uh, we're on the countdown of Christmas, guys, three weeks away. And uh, Sparkly Star, our little uh, elf on the shelf, is already in the house today. And it's so funny to me, every year I see people like, oh, this damn elf, and you know, they're all mad about the elf, and like, this is stupid. And I'm like, listen, I have seen the magic firsthand of this little elf and my daughter's eyes light up when she wakes up in the morning and is excited to see where the elf is. She knows the elf is watching her and is going to report to Santa. Um, And that's a little extra tool in my mom tool bag that I can use. So I'm not mad at the elf. Like, I think we all just need to relax and stop hating on the elf. Like some people do Christmas a certain way and some people don't. So you do you. If you're an elf family, you go. If you're not an elf family, that's fine. No judgment. Um, so I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm already sort of feeling like a little overwhelmed with the holidays. I'm all, you know, we're still three weeks out. My mom is coming. Please say a prayer. I, I, I. Um, my mom is coming into town to stay with us for the week of Christmas. I feel like I have a lot of shopping to do. I have a lot of, um, photos to take. I have a lot of events to go to. And I, again, I'm having a hard time saying no, I'm getting better about it though, but I'm finding that people get really pissed off when you say, no, I can't go to that, or I'm not able to attend, or I'm not, I can't post about that or whatever. Like people get really mad and they take it super personally. And I don't know what to do about that. Like you never want someone to be mad at you or upset or think, you know, or think you're letting someone down in some way. But, you know, I'm just one person that does motherhood in Hollywood and I just physically cannot do everything. So this is a little PSA for everybody out there. Like, don't get mad. If somebody says no, they can't do something like don't take it personally. Just uh, be like, all right, not at this time. Got it. We'll try again later. Um, I don't know why that bugs me so much. Like, don't be mad. Okay, so I'm going to keep the mommy monologue short this week because I really want to share this interview with these ladies. And I think you guys are really going to love it. You're going to be super inspired by it. If you are inspired by motherhood in Hollywood and you love the things and the interviews that I work very hard every week to bring to you guys, please take a minute and subscribe to the show if you don't already. 
and leave a review. If you've been a longtime listener, um, first time reviewer, great. Please just take a second, go to your iTunes app or wherever you listen to your podcast and leave a couple of words for me, letting me know you like the show and that you are enjoying the interviews. It would mean the world to me. Thank you. All right, you guys, here's my interview with the moms from Moms in Film. I love it when moms and entertainment can come together and I could not be more excited about the ladies who are on my show today. I have got Matilde Drotwa and Christy Lamb from Moms in Film. Hi, ladies. Hey. Hi. So Thanks for having us. Thanks for being on the show. So I should let everybody know I've got one mom. Matilde is on the East Coast in New York. And then Correct. Christy is here in L.A., right? I live in LA. So look at us guys. We're like international. Or I mean we're we're what does it say? We're intercontinental. Um, we actually are international because I'm from Belgium. Oh, mm-hmm. we'll see, there you go. <laughs> and because our sister organization raising films is in the UK and we do a lot of work overseas as well. Oh, so. that's amazing. Well, I want to jump right in and I want to find out, um, first of all, how you guys know each other, because you're friends, right? I'm assuming. <laughs> we actually, that's a really good question. Okay, we good. actually, I um, love each not, other. We, we now are friends, yes. <laughs> we, <laughs> now are friends. we were not friends when we began collaborating. We had not, never met, actually. And um, it was a good, what was it, Christy, six or nine months in before yeah. we actually ever met in person. <laughs> so. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, um, we we met online uh, around the topic. Um, it all started when I wrote a blog post about my experience as a new mom in the industry. And um, it was a post that resonated and, and with a lot of people. And Christy was one of them. And um, Christy, being the powerhouse that she is, uh, didn't just read the article and, and comment on it, but actually emailed me and said she wanted to get involved. And um, ever since, it's really been a two-person effort. So, um, you know, Moms and Film is by Coastal, thanks to Christy, and it is what it is, thanks to Christy. And so, um, yeah, so it's it's been really fantastic to have another mom on another coast uh, to work so closely with. So, Christy, tell me then, what is Moms and Film? So, Moms and Film is... Um, an organization that's dedicated to energizing the careers of parents in film and TV through funding, advocacy, and community. So we started as, um, like Matilde said, meeting up. So Matilda had planned a meetup around Tribeca. When I heard she was doing that, I was like, this is a meetup, this is a movement. <laughs> I was like, let's do this. <laughs> and um, I felt really drawn to uh, you know, learning about other parent struggles because I was a new mother myself. Um, when Matilda and I started working together, my daughter was about four months old, maybe even less. And um, and it basically has blossomed um, just by way of this labor of love, I like to refer it, to it as, um, growing its own community and really taking on a life of its own. So through these meetups, we've been able to meet just like amazing women and men who have been art- doing a lot of legwork for years, uh, trying to raise awareness about... Um, you know, how challenging it is to stay in the industry as a woman, um, how parenthood contributes to that, what is balance, what is work-life balance. I mean, these are things we, you know, kind of tumble around in our minds a lot, maybe before we even have children. And then, like, 
when it's on, it's on. And you're like, help, where is my boat? I need a lifesaver, <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> who else has already forged these waters that like, can um, be some guidance? And so we've just learned so much from the people who have presented at our meetups and shown their work and contributed their thoughts and, um, you know, collective energy around what has been done, what needs to be done, what we could put in place, um, how to activate that and how to be advocates in our field um, so that we just see more diversity, more and more diversity on screen behind the camera. Um, so it's something that has really resonated, obviously, right now. Um, it's imperative that we're having this conversation um, and, and we're glad to be on the forefront of, um, you know, just all that's happening in Hollywood and um, across the country for parents in any field. But like we like to say, we're moms in film because we're moms in film, but we're inclusive of all parents, um, all ethnicities, all backgrounds, all gender. That's and amazing. We, um, we it up to anybody from their experience who, you know, calls themselves mother or father or who, who has, um, you know, dependents who do so. And just really want to get um, some conversation going and be public and open about what those challenges are so we can offer support because we believe that productions can be done best, um, you know, on set or at film festivals with the victories and the preparation. And we're like, if we can do this better, we can have those shining voices be a part of the conversation. Yeah, you know, that's um, <clears throat> one of the big reasons why I started Motherhood in Hollywood was because I was an actor. Which I love. Thank you and... so much for this contribution as well. This oh, is so sure. fantastic. Uh, well, I started it purely selfishly because I didn't have any mom friends who were actors. A lot of my friends um, didn't have kids yet, and a lot of them still don't, um, because there is a fear that it, once you have kids, your career is over. Um, or that you won't work again, or quite frankly, just the day to day, you won't have time to go to auditions. There's not the help there that you need. Right. Um, and these are things that I've sort of <clears throat> been learning about myself through, um, you know, through motherhood in Hollywood. And I so love what you guys are doing because we do need more resources, resources, and we do need more conversation to let women in this industry and not just actors. I just, that's just right. from, you know, right. my, my perspective. Yeah. But, but, it, um, but it is interesting that you mention actors because what we've come across, um, in our research, and we've been talking a little bit to SAG-AFTRA, and what's really interesting is that that's a union, for example, where a lot of these issues are not raised mm -hmm. because women um, need to play certain roles, right? So they're afraid of being public about being a mom because they don't want to just be cast as a mom, especially if they look a little bit younger, etc. Yep. They want to get pigeonholed into a certain type. Um, but beyond that, I think what's really interesting about the time we're living in is that um, second wave feminists made a very conscious decision to leave motherhood off of their platform. And I understand the reasons why um, they really needed to show that women were able to show up in the workplace exactly as men did. And that was important to what they were working on and what they were doing. Um, however, uh, this current generation, I think, has had enough and is saying women are not exactly the same as men. There are issues that affect women differently to men, especially around breastfeeding, around child rearing. Etc. And po postpartum postpartum. So we need to actually claim those things and explain why we, um, we're we not being difficult. We're not liability. We're not um, asking for too much. We are simply explaining that we are mothers 
and that that is affecting us in the workplace. Now, when you say you reach out to SAG-AFTRA, what what was that like? What did you do? Did you contact them and say, hey, how can we get a conversation started with actors and the needs of um, performers who uh, have children? Yeah, Yeah, we were unions actually at this point. So that was one of the first ones that we were excited to talk to because of this forward facing component uh, that acting right. requires. And so and we're, we're talking childbearing is, childbearing yeah. ages. It's also if you're just a woman of childbearing age, it's not even if you have children. And I feel like you see that a little bit more in the acting profession as well, because it is appearance based. But it is interesting. Um, some one of the things that came up, not just in our conversations with the unions, but even in our meetups, there's a full spectrum of women, whether they're actors or whether they're working behind the scene. There are the there's the one end of the spectrum where women are hiding that they are mothers, if they are, um, because they don't want that to be public. They don't want anyone to have any ammunition against them. They want to get hired, and they think that this will prevent them from getting hired on certain occasions. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have people who are very public about it and who are demanding childcare uh, at film festivals, demanding childcare on set, which is some of the stuff that we're working on demanding shorter hours, which is another issue we're very passionate about. And so you have this full spectrum and women fall and and men fall at various places along that spectrum for very clear reasons. Um, And part of what Moms in Film is doing is uniting all those women and saying, okay, who is in a position to leverage their power? Um, You know, we're seeing more and more A-listers come out and claim motherhood as an issue and become very passionate about it because they're in a position where they're able to. Um, And then perhaps people that are starting out who feel a little bit more awkward about talking about it. And we're really trying to serve all of that spectrum and all of those women. And not even just starting out, just maybe even below the line. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) I would love to talk with you guys um, a little bit more about your own specific careers and career goals because you're both very talented. Pardon me. I'm losing my voice a little bit. Something happened from our last conversation on Friday to today. And now my (laughs) voice is like, I give up. Um, No, (laughs) (laughs) but um, I would love to know, like, what, what are you guys doing in your career? Cause I was reading that, you know, a little bit about you guys, AKA stalking you online, Um, (laughs) but but you're both very prolific um, filmmakers and you're actively working and creating. And um, let's start with Mathilde. Tell me a little bit about what you're doing, what you're working on. Sure. Um, it's interesting. I actually just finished my first full-length play, um, which is not in film, but it is on the subject of um, being a new mother under Trump. And it, it is follows the first year as a woman gives birth on election night, and it follows her first year as a mother uh, alongside this year that we've had politically. That's so um, as, as, her, yeah, <clears throat> as her life becomes increasingly chaotic, so does the world around her. Um, and so that's a play that I'm really, really excited about. But as a filmmaker, um, you know, I produce animation for good causes. And then I also um, create content myself. I started off as an actor. Um, and very much along the time that I decided to have children, I took a step back from my acting career. And I became much more a writer and a director. Oh, wow. That's wonderful. And how, and how are you enjoying that side of the, of the uh, entertainment industry? 
I'm enjoying it very much. You know, I'm lucky in that I'm creating the level at which I'm working um, and the the sort of content that I'm making allows me a little bit more flexibility because I do get as the director to set, you know, set the tone uh, mm-hmm. and to talk to the production team about having shorter hours, etc. So I consider myself very fortunate. Um, however, I'm aware that as my career continues to grow, that actually I may um, not be as... Um, as much in control and uh, won't have as much flexibility. So, you know, it affects us all in different ways and different times. Um, And it's very much, uh, motherhood is very much a reason, part of the reason why I no longer act. So it's something I feel very passionate about. And then Christy, what about you? Tell me the things that you're working on right now. Well, right now I've had this awesome opportunity to start um, collaborating with one of our first meetup guest, Kierda Baruth, who's an accomplished producer, documentary producer. So we are on two projects right now um, that we've forged, one together of out of our own brains, and then one um, we're working with a director who's been working on it for about five years. So um, those are yet to be even announced. We really kind of just uh, started in there. And I just hopped off set of two feature films back to back. Oh, wow. I was working art department and um, I worked costume design. So I've been really hopping around a bunch um, on set for the last like five years or so. And then dabbled in documentary again right before I left New York. Um, And that's kind of what set this off for me because when I produced these cock-sucking tears, pardon my French, that's really (laughs) what it Uh, I went to South by and then it won the jury award, uh, two years ago. And I wasn't able to be there because I had a two week old baby. And that was largely what, um, spurred my, uh, late night readings and stumbling upon things like Mathilde's article, um, while I was trying to decipher what the hell to do next. And also simultaneously realizing that like my acting want was coming back really strong as I was like having this baby. So <laughs> everything has kind of shifted, turned on its head um, since having Parker. In Isn't it the interesting? Most how- clearly defined ways. Yeah. I can't even- it's so interesting to me how as moms, whenever we um, are forced to pause for a second for motherhood um, and we're sitting there during those late night breastfeeding sessions or, you know, whatever, our brains kind of find a way to get creative and we start going, what can I do with this? Or, oh, I could do this. Or, you know, I've always wanted to do that. Um, it's the biggest creation you can do. And I'm like a super, like, I'm really a supporter of moms in general because, um, you know, I mean, I think that moms have a really tough go of it in this country, and we have to formulate our tribes uh, on our own. And luckily, in L.A., I was uh, welcomed into some really wonderful communities, and I've met some of the most amazing women I've ever met in my life since I've had my daughter. And I'm so fortunate for those uh, introductions and for those relationships, and I'm just really excited to see where those will continue to take, um, you know, this new entree point that I'm finding within uh, industry that I've been working in for about 13 years. So it's really exciting. It's exciting time. I would love to know for you guys, what has been the biggest challenge since becoming a mom and working um, on set or maybe, maybe the, the challenge is finding work. Um, I would love to know what for you personally has been the biggest challenge and what are other moms um, that you are uh, working with? What are they saying is their challenges? Um, well, one of my biggest challenges, oh, <laughs> yeah, 
Sorry? Go ahead, Mathilde. Oh, okay. Um, one of my biggest challenges um, from the beginning has been childcare. Mm-hmm. And that's consistent regardless of whether or not I'm working. And actually part of the reason it's a, a challenge is that um, I don't have a nine to five. My There are times when I'm very available to be with my son, which is delightful and time that I love spending with him. But it's also not time that I want to be uh, spending money on a nanny or even some kind of daycare situation because um, if I'm not working, I'm also not having money coming in. And then there are times when I'm working very long hours and I need more childcare than many people are perhaps accustomed to. And so finding solutions that are flexible, um, that allow for me to go from not needing anyone to needing a lot of people all the time. Um, that's just, that's been a, a real challenge. And I think that it's one that's going to resonate with more and more people as we move towards more of a freelance landscape. So I think right now, um, the freelance nature of the work is very, um, you know, is, is very much a factor in film, but it's also true for creatives and and people with startups and all kinds of um, people, and and that is the economy we're moving towards. So I think that finding flexible childcare solutions is going to be really, really important, and that's really what drove our WeWagon idea to create mobile childcare available on sets at film festivals, etc. So that when people are working, where people are working, there's childcare. And when they're not and where they're not, they're not having to uh, commit and pay for it and be locked into some kind of daycare situation. So that's really been my greatest uh, struggle. But I will say one of the successes I've had is that I have um, come up with some really uh, collaborative solutions. So I do childcare swaps with other artists um, where there are days in the week when I'm not working where I watch my kid and their kid. And then there are days in the week when they're not working where they watch my kid and their kid. And it, it it's free. Um, so while it asks more of my time, it also frees up some of my time without having the really exorbitant cost because we're seeing a little bit of a childcare crisis in America right now where affordable, um, good, quality child care is very difficult to find. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, I actually wrote <clears throat> an article, um, I think it was like either earlier this year or sometime last year, where I started compiling a list of last minute child care options in LA mm-hmm. and was really shocked to find how few there really it's were like we and village. are. Yeah, we, we Village is one, but We Village just opened like in April or May of this year. And um, I mean, I'm like, where? what about before that? Where all of the, I mean, this is a town that surrounds the industry, a freelance style, lifestyle industry. And I'm so shocked yeah. that there are not more options for drop-in childcare. Um, and Christy, what about you? What's been some of the biggest challenges um, you're facing? I mean, there's this this overarching thing um, called mom guilt. That's gonna that's gonna yeah. be up at the top, I think. Um, just because, you know, it, it, I think it's really like having a child requires that you're more present than ever. Like being present is the name of the game. Because 100% when you're with your child, 100% when you're at your job, and you really don't like have any time to not give that or want to not give that, but you know, it's, it can be challenging to give a hundred percent to your job when you have a child and, and vice versa. And so just making sure that like I have quality time in both of those arenas is uh, helpful. Also having a supportive partner has been really helpful in, you know, just sort of not being too hard on myself in that department, but it's challenging when like, say for example, my last set that I was on, I, I, I asked for a 10 hour day and, and nobody else 
sit. There was 12 hours, 12 hours normally, you know, and Mm -hmm. I wasn't my department head. And so I asked in my contract as part of my stipulation for a 10 hour day. Well, then I felt like crap when we went into overtime and I wasn't with my team, even though I wasn't the team leader, everyone was fine with it, you know, and I felt kind of crappy when I was leaving my daughter and she was having a fit, you know, and I was like, oh my gosh, super torn in both directions. So that's a really real feeling. And I think that um, the biggest challenge, like more globally, rather than sort of my own internal dialogue, is that, that this infrastructure issue. Um, it, that's the biggest challenge, going in and, and demanding a 10-hour day. And then when I talk to other moms and people in on the show, they're like, oh, yeah, that makes total sense. Oh, why are we on 12 hours? Who made up this rule? You know, it mm-hmm. starts to reverberate and people start thinking, maybe I should ask for that too. Or, you know, like, what would that look like if we were all doing that? And maybe it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for us to pay in overtime what we could plan ahead for. <laughs> but but maybe not. Maybe they're not all thinking that way. I just like to hope. But I think that it should it should be a requirement because that's a perfectly legitimate amount of time to get things done and well um, so that people are operating at their highest ability um, and things are being productive, which is something we don't always factor in. And yet the bottom line from business studies tells us that you know, when people are working in spurts or working shorter hours or are able to balance their family time with their work time and have and lead a more uh, a, a life that has better well-being, that they're more productive overall. And we're just short-term thinking in the film world, and we're like, we'll just throw more money at it, and yeah, <laughs> people yeah. get it done in time. And you're like, uh, sure. But then also that affects everyone personally, and like you can't say that that doesn't then you know come home with them and affect other parts of their life. Like this is something that is out of whack and we've seen some very out of whack, you know, things happening out of this industry lately. And I feel like, you know, all these things are tangled in this, uh, in this tumbleweed right now. Um, but I'd like to, uh, you know, really sort of like beef up this infrastructure in general for parents, because I think it would behoove many more people on the set um, and would also just lend to just a more collaborative environment from people with wider backgrounds. I think it's interesting because in a lot of other industries, it, it, it's an eight hour workday is pretty standard. Like that's just what you can expect yeah. to do in um, right, most right. industries. Maybe you're there for lunch too and you're yeah, there for nine. And, yeah. and, mm-hmm. But it's just not, that's just not the case in the film and television industry. I mean, 10 to 12 hours is a standard workday. Oh, Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much when you have little, little kids, that's their entire waking hours is like exactly. 12 hours, you know? Yeah. Seven so to seven. it is a, it is genuinely a struggle and a frustration for a lot of parents in this industry because you want to spend time with your kids, but you also need to pay your bills and put food on the table and right. then also pay for the exorbitant cost of living in New York and LA or, you know, wherever right. you might be. So, um, I've always been curious too, as to why they can't, why we, why can't we get stuff done in an eight hour day on film sets or TV? Yeah, we definitely can. Um, it's just a matter of time before enough people make that a part of the fabric, you know, because they require it essentially. It's like, and unless we all continue to bend over backwards and do whatever every producer wants us to do, unless we make the demand for childcare on set over and over and over again, childcare at film festivals over and over again, people will listen when enough others are requesting this. Comic-Con has um, childcare, which I thought was amazing. I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that until this past year. I was like, good for Mm Comic-Con. That's great. Yep. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that um, I I think that it's there, it's not just for parents. Shorter hours will benefit everybody, everybody. right? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, we're seeing um, it, it affects people's relationships. It's it's all kinds of, you know, we, we call it family life, but it's not just your relationship with your children. Um, you know, maintaining a, a relationship in this industry is really difficult because you're, you're away from your partner for such a, a difficult amount of time and it makes it very difficult to contribute to uh, a healthy relationship in that way. Um, and I think we're seeing that motherhood sits perfectly at the center of this Venn diagram that intersects um, sexism, ageism, and socioeconomic status. So, um, you know, if you're if you're a, a mom, um, you're also likely to be in your 30s, 40s, or 50s. Um, and we know that it's much more difficult for women above a certain age uh, to get work in the industry, especially as an actor, but really across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that um, we know that if if you uh, are able to afford a nanny, um, you have much more of a chance of uh, maintaining a career in the industry once you have children. But if you're not, then you drop out and coming back in is very difficult. So if you're a single mother, for example, um, how can you sustain a career with a child um, in the industry, especially if you're working below the line? So we're seeing this intersection of socioeconomics, motherhood and age and sexism and how motherhood sort of is the perfect storm really uh, for all of those things. However, it's not the only issue affecting those things. So we know that people are getting into car accidents driving home after 15-hour days, Mm -hmm. right? We know that it's unsafe. We know that it wouldn't just benefit parents, definitely not just mothers. Um, I think, you know, of course men want to be with their children too or their spouses or their aging parents, right? So how do we create uh, a supportive industry rather than an industry that really beats you up? And I think what we're seeing with um, the sexual harassment and abuse and uh, all of those allegations coming out is we're seeing that we've created a toxic environment. And what we need to do is get rid of the predators, but what we also need to do is create a nurturing environment. And how to do that is to have more women working. And one of the ways to have more women working in leadership positions is to create parent-friendly practices. So I really think, as Christy said earlier, that all of this is entangled together. Yeah. And if you've worked on a set that's predominantly women or the women are not in the minority below 10%, which is very normal. That is where we are for the most part across the board in every single role on set. Um, and if you've worked in a, on a set where that's flipped completely, some sets are all women and, it, you know, that's one side of it. But if you work on something that's just maybe somewhere in the middle where it's a little more balanced, you start to feel that, you know, you, you start to see the differences in um, the environment, essentially, and the ways and means of getting this project produced um, become, like, just safer feeling in general. Um, and yes, I, there was this something that I haven't, I've heard other women say this before, too, and I think that across the board, we should be trying to make everyone feel safe. We're working in an artistic medium. This is a vulnerable place to be. And it is. And I think that there's this myth of, of the sort of the, the like torture genius and, and this environment where you have to be willing to give up everything to work in film. Right. And I don't think that frankly, that what that happens then is that the only talent that gets recognized is the talent of those that are able to make those sacrifices. Right. So 
Um, making a choice to come back to your profession shouldn't mean that you're making a choice to then not be with your children at all. That's and not it what doesn't that's about. That, exactly. And it doesn't mean you're not talented. And it doesn't mean, you know, if, if we're able to create a, a, a better environment to work in, um, actually, I think that more and more people's talent will become uh, acknowledged and more and more voices will be heard as opposed to uh, the voices that are heard if you create an environment of um, you have to give everything up. It has to be a complete sacrifice and you need to be here 15 hours a day. And, you know, we see Weinstein uh, required of his, of his assistants that they never turn off their phones, that they don't even take the subway in case they be unavailable for 15 minutes. That, you know, that those are completely illogical. They're not. Demands. They're, those demands are ridiculous you know not healthy and so it's not just the awful things he did to women who he assaulted it's also the awful conditions he created for everybody yeah well i feel like there is you guys are tackling some really amazing topics and subjects as far as um for women for men for people everybody in the entertainment industry and i would love for you all to tell everybody how they can get involved with moms and film i know you guys do uh, meetups and uh, you have facebook groups and all that stuff so tell me what is the best way for someone to get involved with you well we're practically trying to apply all of these thoughts um to our advocacy outreach So we have some programs that are rolling out within the next six months where you'll be seeing more and more and more of us um, at festivals and on film sets. And in order to keep Best up to speed with all the meetups that we're having, not only in New York and L.A. now, but also in D.C., San Francisco, Chicago. I mean, this is really an exciting time to be a member of Moms in Film, which does not require a monetary buy-in. We're free uh, to anyone who wants to support us, parent or not. Um, we, of course, will take tax deductible, deductible donations. Um, we're set up to do that on our website. And we have like various and sundry um, amazing causes that we're going to be putting that funding towards as we um, amp up our general operating and pull together uh, just a more formal board, a more formal uh, organization in the, next, in the coming months. So it's an exciting time to to keep uh, posted on what we're doing. We're, of course, on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. And uh, you can find us there and on our our website, momsandfilm.org. So um, Awesome. Well, I'm also going to put up all of that information on motherhoodandhollywood.com and links to where people can find you guys. I think everything you're doing is so necessary and so wonderful. And I am so mad that it's taken me so long to get to realize I needed to yes. have you on my show. I, right. kept, I kept like looking at your stuff. I was like, these ladies are great. And I was like, I wonder if they do my podcast. And then I was like, no, nah, they're probably really busy and they wouldn't want to. And then I just finally, sometimes I get in my own way. And I finally was yeah. like, you know what? I'm just going to message them and see if they're interested. And I'm just so thrilled that you took, you guys took the time um, to talk with me. I, I think everything you're, you're, working on and working towards is really important for our industry. It's perfect timing as we approach a new year. Uh, you know, we are really wanting to see this change and be this change and be a part of uh, what is what is practically applying itself to the industry where we want to work in these uh, in this funding and advocacy and community realms to bolster uh, and energize the careers of parents. And we're really excited for those parents to make themselves known and for Spokes mamas and spokes dadas who want to come on board and advocate with us, um, please feel free to reach out. And please make sure you guys keep in touch with me as well. I'm always happy to help. 
Oh, yay. Thanks so much. Thank you for having us. This was so great. Thank you. All right, everybody. I'm going to put up information on motherhoodinhollywood.com about moms in film. And I hope you all have a wonderful week. And remember, I'm not a perfect mom, but I can play one on TV. Bye. Bye. Balls.